L.J. Church of Christ in L.J. Georgia presents a devotional discussion designed to help you stimulate your thinking on important topics in your Christian walk. Join us for the Roundtable Devotional Podcast. Hello, folks. It's good to be with you this evening, and we're thankful that you've chosen to join us for another of our Roundtable Devotional Podcast. Uh, I am one of the co-hosts, Caleb Sampson. With me is Jeremy Green, uh, my fellow co-host. And joining us tonight uh, is, uh, we have Brother Mark Pettit here with us, one of our elders, uh, Tim Hall, who is also one of our elders, and his son, Spencer Hall, who is a, a student at Faulkner University uh, and studying uh, youth and family ministry, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. It's good to have them here with us tonight as we discuss probably one of the most important topics that we can discuss, and this is really a two-part series that we're going to be looking at, uh, which is on love, and uh, we've been studying this year as the theme for our congregation of the, the one another passages. And we're looking at love one another. But first, before we get into loving one another, we're going to really look at what love is and how do we define it. And so as we look through this, I want to begin with 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, and then we'll open it up for discussion. There in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have and I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, then face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith hope and love abide these three but the greatest of these is love and then in chapter 14 he goes on to say pursue love and earnestly desire so uh to chase after love um jeremy when we when we think about these things you know how do we really define what love is so it's it's interesting because when, when you look at first corinthians 13 this <clears throat> this love that's being talked about uh, is, is something that's uniquely Christian, right? And so, uh, you know, th this passage is read out of context so much at weddings and, you know, um, vow renewals and, you know, and, and, and yes, certainly there is a way, hopefully, that spouses and, and, you know, significant others love one another unconditionally. But this is a uniquely Christian love that's being talked about. There's so much that's important in this passage, obviously, about the ceasing of miracles and, the, and that sort of stuff. But, but what we're doing here is trying to figure out um, what... Uh, what 
true love is. And, you know, of course, you know, anybody that's heard any number of lessons knows we're talking about agopic love here, unconditional love. And, and it's, it's, it's redefining based on who Jesus is and how he loved us, what, what love is. And so, you know, that, I guess that's the kind of goal of what we're doing here is to sort of define love and, and the, the fact that it's unconditional and unceasing, but, you know, trying to figure out, you know, how do I do it? How do I live it? Mm-hmm. What are the five different types of love, Jeremy? Um, oh, is this the, the quiz here? <laughs> um, well, so what's interesting is, you know, we've, we've had this, you know, we talk about the familial love, the storge, storge, how do you say that? We, we talk about the eros, the erotic love. Uh, we talk about uh, phileo love, the brotherly love, this agopic love. And fifth one's slipping my mind right now. But, uh, but you know, we, we focus those on those four. Yeah. Um, but actually only three of those are appear in the Bible and only two of them significant. I was probably thinking of the five love languages. Yeah, I think so, yes. <laughs> yeah. Only four types four, of love. Four okay, types great. of love. But, uh, but you know, we uh, we sp- specifically need to talk about brotherly love, phileo love, and, um, you know, and, and, and agopic love. And romantic love's wonderful, but it's interesting the Bible doesn't focus too much on that because, you know, it, it, it talks about rules for governing that, but never specifically mentions it. Uh, brotherly love actually marks here. And I was thinking about this and, um, you know, with your history as a football coach, um, and, and I, I was just sort of thinking about that relationship when I was thinking about this last night, that, uh, that brotherly love is something that you have to develop in a lot of different areas. Oh, oh absolutely. I, you know, you, uh, you're so closely uh, related to, to people that whether it be the coaches and even even the players, you know, you develop a, a bond because of all that you go through and work together. The the difficulties that are faced, it, it's and I've always said that sports are are, are kind of a, a microcosm of life, and they are, and it's one of the great things about them that it's kind of a little. Uh, a learning area where you can learn how to deal with life. And in particular, the more that you love your teammates, you love your brothers, and you work toward things together, the more success you have. Yeah. And success is not always wins and losses, but you you will succeed and you'll come away feeling good because of what you've done together. Yeah. You know, it's kind of interesting to me that when you just talk about love in general, the world focuses on the eros love. Uh, you know, if if you just say the word and, and usually connotations of Valentine's Day or, or things like that come to mind. And and yet what we see in Scripture is is so much about agopic love. Uh, and it really kind of sets the tone for who we are. Um, and, and really, it's hard to understand what love is without fully comprehending God's love. I don't know if, if we can ever fully comprehend it. Um, but Spencer, how would you describe, uh, agopic love? Well, you know, it's interesting because kind of building off what you said, I think the world has really distorted what love really is. And, you know, we talk about these different ways that we focus on love being agopic love. Um, the love between like brothers have, you do anything for them. Mr. Mark kind of mentioned, you know, a team, how they build together and they grow in that bond of love and they love one another in that way. But, you know, the world has really just thrown that out the window. The kind of love that we would have for one another would not be the same kind of love when I say I love my Waffle House hash browns, you know. <laughs> so it's it's very different, and I think it's important that as Christians we get back to really looking at the kind of love that we need to have together. Well, first off, don't be disrespecting Waffle House. <laughs> Second off, uh, you know a little something about love right now, don't you, Spencer? I do. Well, tell us about it. I just got engaged recently, so 
you know, I know about that aspect of love. I know I have a lot to learn. Maybe you guys can help me out with that, you know. But um, so that's exciting, you know. Yeah, uh, that is. Congratulations. Thank you, Jeremy. Tim, when you think about, uh, you know, some of the, um, the, the challenges to understanding love, uh, how, how would you define uh, in your thinking of, of what God's love is for us? Well, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm reminded of uh, Matthew 5 and uh, about how it's not easy to love, and we have to learn to love. Yeah. And uh, it's not something that comes natural to us to love in an agape way. You know, and, and I was reading about John 13 last night about how Jesus washing the, the disciples' feet, about how it takes on a, a humility. And I think for us to, to get to that point, you know, we've got to submit to God and we've got to allow him to come into our heart to show that so that we can show that kind of love. Probably all of us know, uh, and probably if you're tuning into this podcast, you probably are familiar with uh, John 3.16. And that's a lot of times where many people go to just to describe what God's love is. Uh, you know, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Uh, God loved us that much that he gave Jesus for us. Um, but I think it's hard for us to grasp at times, you know, the idea that God would sacrifice his only son. I've got four sons and I wouldn't sacrifice them for any one of you, much less, uh, (laughs) somebody that, that despised my child and mocked him and, and treated him poorly. And I think it's so foreign for us at times. Um, but Mark, you had a, uh, an interesting story that you were sharing with us the other day. That kind of um, shows the the change, I think, in Christian thinking uh, because of what God does for us in His love. Would you share that with uh, with us today? Yeah, yeah. And just let me let me preface that with uh, going along with what you just said, and in particular John three sixteen, another verse that that uh, has grown in my heart. And in fact, if you made me pick a favorite, I'd probably pick this one: First John three one through three, and in particular in, in verse one there where John makes the statement, Beloved, how great a love the Father has for us that He has bestowed upon us or allowed us to become children of God. How great a love that is. And I never really thought about that uh, so much until recently when you start to consider well, it indicates that He did something spectacular or... or, uh, great to be able to share that love. And this story you're talking about, I'll share briefly, uh, to me just drove home the point of, of what this love that's being talked about there, this love that God has bestowed upon us, the love that God so loved the world with. Uh, and this happened uh, many years ago, a, a young lady uh, attending college uh, was abducted, raped, and murdered. I mean, just a horrible horrible thing and as as we could all probably relate you know it was a very difficult time for her parents uh and and they were all all christians uh but after a period of time and i don't recall uh, the number of years uh, but as the story was related to me it was a, a, a few years later the mom and dad forgave the two men who did this to their daughter they came to grips with it and forgave them. And that led to studying the Bible with those two men, which led to their obeying the gospel and becoming brothers in Christ. 
which in turn had those two men who are, as I understand, are still in prison and are preaching the gospel where they are. Just an overwhelming, how in the world could you do that? I mean, how could you forgive and not only forgive, but to seek salvation of the soul of those two men? But that's what those that brother and sister did, and it just overwhelms me. Mm-hmm. That would certainly uh, put it in practical terms for us when the sort of the rubber meets the road and it's challenging our own love and our own faith. Uh, and so many times uh, a tragedy like that will turn people the wrong direction. <laughs> yes. But the fact that they could overcome that and uh, take it a step further, not just forgive them, but care for their soul. Yes. And uh, Jeremy, it kind of reminded me a little bit of, uh, you preached a sermon out here a while back um, when you were visiting another congregation and, and shared a, a meme from it or a clip from uh, your sermon about uh, Paul when he gets to heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, share that with our audience, if you would. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I'm really bad about not remembering who, who shares things and just repeating it and not giving them any credit. But um, yeah, it was this thing I saw and I actually shared it on our church Facebook page and said, you know, imagine, um, imagine Paul entering heaven um, and seeing those Christians that he had killed when he was persecuting Christians and them welcoming him, not as an enemy, but as a brother. Yeah. And I think I, I was actually thinking about that when you said that. Imagine when they get to heaven, that young lady seeing those two men yes. ended her life, but her what and, 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 uh, you know, and uh, this is going to sound so foreign to people, but almost in a thinking way, I got to heaven, you know, I'm, I'm here, you know, and, and it's, it's almost a joy. It, just this verse was ringing in my head as you were talking, Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. And, and, and the, this chapter is kind of random sometimes, Ephesians 4 is, because you've got very practical commands, but in these verses, but they're, they're so tied together. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Before you can do the next part, you, you got to do this part, right? In verse 32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And I know we're going to do a separate one of these on forgiveness, I'm sure, but it's it's put all the anger and wrath away that you have that, that might be rightly deserved and forgive one another. But the key to that is that last phrase, as God in Christ forgave you. Amen. The, the forgiveness that, that we've been granted through God's love is what causes us to be able to grant it to others. I know we'll talk about that in, in part two, but um, t- Tim said to me the key is that agopic love is about decision to love and it is about humility. Yeah. It, it's, it's, about, it's about loving you no matter what and making that decision to do it. And that's... Um, it's tough. It's so tough. Overwhelming. Tough. I, and if I can just quickly, I, as you were saying that, and in relation to what Tim said, the, the humility part, <clears throat> Jesus Christ, this is the Son of the living God who has reigned or lived, been with the eternal God throughout eternity, said, hey, you know what? I'm going to leave this place and I'm going to go down here to earth. You want to talk about some humility? And not only that, but to face the... the. Uh, I mean, he's the son of God. And to be treated as he was treated, but how did he react to that? Again, and scripture I think indicates that, of how God has given us the example of trying to teach us this humility 
that we all must have if we're going to profess to be a child of God. That's very true. Um, Tim, you know, when we think about some of the, the practical, and I, I know in our next lesson we're going to look more at some of the conflict resolution, uh, but how do we how do we practically love each other uh, as Christians? Well, I, I was just thinking about Mark's, <clears throat> excuse me, about Mark's story and, and Jeremy's example that he saw about Paul. And this kind of relates to that. Sometimes we can be ugly. Sometimes we're not very lovable, even as brothers and sisters in Christ toward one another. And I think a part of agape love, and, and this goes back to what uh, Mark said about Jesus coming and, and dying for us, in order for us to have that kind of love, we have to look beyond that. We have to look beyond beyond the flaws that people have. We have to look beyond the disagreements that we have. And, and to me, when we get to the point that we can do that, then we've got that agape love. That's a good point. Um, Jeremy, what, what are your thoughts on the, that practical way of showing love for one another? Yeah, so it, it's interesting. Um, our, our theme for the year, as you mentioned, is this loving one another in the one another passages. And But the verse we chose is one. Um, it, it's just so simple and so concise. You know, we uh, the Bible can be... Um, sometimes very difficult to interpret. And I mean, you can spend a lot of time studying a passage and, you know, never glean, but then sometimes even Paul, who's so wordy can be so concise. And, and I did a lesson sometime back called two sentences um, to save the world. Uh, but in Romans chapter 12, verse 10, and uh, this is, I've got a little ESV here, but I'll quote it from the NIV. It's two sentences. It says, um, be devoted to one another in love. Be devoted to one another in love. And that, that word devoted is, is an interesting um, Greek study in, in itself. But, it, you know, it's, it's dealing with that devotion that families have with one another. You know, and, and so when you think about how devoted you are to your earthly family, um, you know, it's there. You know, by the way, Tim said we can be ugly in our earthly families, too, you know, but but the blood's thicker than water. And so we heal those things. Well, the same thing is true among Christians. Be devoted to one another in love. And that is brotherly love that's talked about there, that phileo love. And then the, the second one says, uh, honor one another above yourselves. And that, that word for honor in Greek is actually um, a word that's associated with placing value on something. So if, if something is incredibly value to me, valuable to me, it develops sort of, sort of an honor, right? And so if you, if you find something that's the most valuable to somebody and you insult it or you, you know, desecrate it, that's, that's going to cause all kinds of problems. Well, for us, if we're loving one another and we're devoted to one another, that same thing is going to be true. We're going to place that, that value so that, that you as my brother are way more important than me as myself. And that I'm going to place that honor and give that respect and give that love to you. Just like, uh, you know, just like I would my, my, my own spouse or my own children, because God loved us enough to do that. And so what it looks like, you know, and, and, and certainly none of us will ever fathom this. And I know Mark's going to be fired up here in just a minute. What, 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 it, what it looks like is, is, is loving people more than I love myself. And that's, you talk about something that takes a lifetime to develop. That's it. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. That, uh, I was just looking over some things that I'd written down here. And this is a, a a quote from J.W. Roberts. He has written commentary on the letters to John. Uh, and just a statement he made in there, he uses words a lot better than I do. 
uh, that that really sh- a couple of things that that struck me and I think are related to this. What is this agape love and 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 how does it start looking and, and how do we know these things? Uh, it, so let me just read these these two different statements that he made. Uh, one, he said, God's love was not the returning of human love for him. It was his outreach for men in sin and rebellion. It is not so much affection as it is uh, care for the fellow sinful human in the hope that our returning good for evil will bring him to repentance. And that just... uh, Again, how how in the world can can I comprehend this? At first, you know, I think we all have a tendency, and I say we, and I'm talking about me because I do. You know, we go through life and we try to do good things, and we sometimes develop a thought, which is I don't guess necessarily bad, but you know, I'm, I'm pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've got this thing going on pretty good. Well, <laughs> no, I don't. You know, I still struggle with sin in my life. And all that sin I'm struggling with are things that condemn me to to death except for this love that God has shown. He has shown it, given me the example. And not only given me the example, He's given me the hope of life. And if if that can't motivate me, then, you know, there's, there's a serious problem. Uh, but that's 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 kind of the, you know, my take on this. I don't need to, as my mom would say, I don't need to get too big for my britches. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not perfect yet. So yeah. save for the blood of Jesus Christ, it, it cleanses me. Yeah, I, I guess I want to kind of jump in real quick too, and uh, you know, something that was mentioned there, you know, and basically emphasizing the fact that that I've made the decision to care for my brothers, and and, and it said it's not about affection, and that's very true. But I, I guess I don't want to paint the picture, though, that affection is not part of it. Because, yeah. uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll be honest, that, you know, this, when we come together and we worship and we spend time together, that it, we enjoy, you know. Amen. Uh, I, I will never forget as long as I live, you know, we missed, was it 10 or 12 Sundays? I can't remember the number right now that we missed because yeah. of this virus. And uh, and, and I, I set myself up really bad that Sunday because we, we sang our God, He is Alive right before the lesson, which, you know, is one of it's an upbeat song. Always you feel great when you sing that song and it's, you know, proclaiming God's power. And, you know, I was going to get up there and try to preach right after that when none of us had been together in that long. And, and I was actually doing okay. And I looked down at Pam Hall, your mama and your wife, and uh, and, and just... <laughs> tears, yeah. you know. And so that's never good to look like a big old baby in front of the whole church. But... Um, you know that, that there is that there's that affection and I think there's that natural longing for each other and you know and, and that's hopefully when we cultivate that love you know that unconditional love it does start with making a decision and then hopefully it develops to affection and at some point it's going to go back to making a decision you know and, and it's, it's, it's cyclical but but it's it's a it's a no matter what that that is as long as 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 I am here I'm gonna I'm gonna love because that's that's who I am based on being a Christian and and you know and that's why we do it and, and it's, it's it sounds simple but it's so difficult to live. Amen. You know when we uh, especially in counseling situations, um, there's a lot of people who don't grow up in households that 
either have love or that show love. Um, you know, that especially in an older generation, um, a lot of men grew up not expressing their love for their yeah. children. And, and so I think that sometimes tints the lens that we look at what love is. And, um, you know, if, if you didn't grow up in a, a loving household, oftentimes it's difficult to understand God's love for us. But hopefully once you reach that level it, it, uh, it, in understanding, uh, you begin to really get a, a bigger picture for that love. We happen to have a father and son here uh, for us today. And um, Spencer, how would you say growing up uh, as experiencing your father's love for you and Tim expresses his love? I've been around Tim uh, long enough to know that. Uh, how has that helped shape your understanding of love because of your father's love? Well, that's exactly right. Me and dad, we have a very special relationship. You know, it's um, nice growing up having someone who will take you to all the ball games and, and do lots of things with you. But, you know, you, you kind of, you develop that relationship. And I know dad had that relationship with his dad, George, and, and he wanted to have that same type of relationship with me. You want to have a father who, at the end of the day, you can come to for advice. And that's something that you can't replace. Having someone that you can come to and talk to and, and I almost get a little teared up just thinking about it, honestly, because it just, it means so much to me and it's, it shaped me into who I, who I am and who I want to continue to grow to be. Cause you know, you can never replace that, that I want to be like my dad, you know? Yeah. So do you think his love for you will shape the way that you treat your children? Yes. hundred percent. And I think that's one of the things about God's love. Uh, you know, it, it, as Spencer mentioned, it takes a relationship uh, and work on a relationship to develop a deeper love. And as as people of the word, the more we spend time getting to know God, the deeper we understand, I believe, what his love is. Amen. And, and so there, there are a lot of people in the world today that talk about God being love. And they like just that picture of a loving God. Yes. But they like that that concept because uh, of the freedom in their mind of what it allows. But a, a loving God also chastises. He also yes. cares enough to, to discipline. Uh, and I'm sure, Tim, at times maybe you had to, to throw in a little discipline out of love. and uh, Not near enough. <laughs> what, what as a, from a father's perspective, um, what has been challenging about uh, loving and discipline. Oh boy. <laughs> well, you know, uh, we, we're all fathers here and Spencer will be one day and, and we learn as we go along and we make good decisions and we make bad decisions. And, uh, and I guess, um, I, I keep, I've wrote down here, second Peter three, nine, where God is patient patient with us and he's not willing that any should uh, perish and i and i kind of relate that to this uh the father son but also to the the father jesus and us being the son um he's patient with us not wanting any of us to perish but i also feel like he's also patient with us as we learn to love yes uh, to learn that agape love because, you know, like we stated before, it, it's not easy and it's not, it doesn't come natural to us to have that love, to, to look beyond the faults that we all have and to love each other. And, uh, and I'm not sure how to, to go back and answer that about the father son, other than to say, you know, 
when that child is born, he, he's, he's yours. Yeah. And you, you've got a life that you're going to try to mold uh, uh, as best to, around Jesus as you can. And uh, I, I think, uh, I, I think the, the more that we can do for our children to raise them up to know the truth, I mean, that should be our number one goal. It's just like our number one goal was to live our life for Jesus. Yeah. And whatever we can do to, to, to have our children faithful to the Lord, uh, and it's going. It's not always going to be easy, and we're going to have to sacrifice some some things. And uh, I, but I I do think that uh, the scripture words, you know, you train up a child in the way he should go, and he will not depart from it. And, and I I really believe that 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 is true. I mean, I, I really do. I just a thought I had uh, as Tim was talking there, and, and again, and I guess as we start thinking about. Uh, what this love is and how hard it is uh, and, and and maybe getting into toward where we're headed with this in the next section but the thought come to me and I believe it's in First Peter and in relation to how do I approach people how do I view people and how do I and, and again it's centered around this idea of love how do I how do I look at people and it, the, the verse uh, again refers to uh, view those people and I believe uh, part of the, the verse indicates as someone caught in the snare of the devil and I every time I think of that I, and I've related this before because it's a very vivid picture to me of a, a video I saw uh, two or three years ago of, of two guys were in a jeep and evidently way out in the mountain somewhere and they're driving along this jeep road and they come up on a bobcat that is caught in a trap and they get out of the jeep and they start to approach that bobcat and it goes absolutely ballistic Mm -hmm. just crazy and they back away and they they over time long story short they eventually get close enough to that bobcat that they can lay a blanket over it and loosen it from that trap and they pull the blanket back and the bobcat looked at him for a minute and then calmly walked off into the woods. It's, it would have been real easy for them to say, this thing's crazy. Get a stick and knock him in the head. <laughs> but they took their time. <laughs> you know, and, and I feel that way sometimes, you know, when somebody's uh, maybe has wronged me. Uh, but we can't do that, not if we understand. Because that's what, what did God do for me? You know, maybe he felt like knocking me in the head with a stick and just say, forget that guy. Absolutely. But he didn't. The the, the way I, and I've been thinking about this, I guess this whole time, especially when you reference 1 John 3, I, th- I think maybe one way to sort of concisely describe God, God's love is that it, it's, um, it's, it's affection and action together, right? Yeah. Um, for God so loved the world. Well, we, we can see God's love and, you know, um, you read First John especially, which yeah. we're going to look at here in a second. You know, the, all that love is there. But then you read Romans 5, then God did what? Demonstrated that love for us yeah. in sending his son. And so then you read First John three eighteen. Yeah, It says, you know, um, little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. And that, th- that's a figure of speech, by the way. He's not, he's not, that's a, uh, you know, literary device. He's not saying don't love in word. Right. We need to express that, express that love. 
Um, Spencer, you talked about, you know, being able to go to your dad. I think God wants that from us. You know, yeah. that he's given us a great high priest. He's given us a mediator, a way to approach him that, you know, the voice crying out, Abba, Father, that God wants that same thing with us. And I think we need to express love to each other. We need to say we love each other. We yes. need to, um, you know, I'm not greeting anybody with a holy kiss, especially not right now. But, you know, we need there needs to be the understanding that, yeah, you know, I love Caleb. I love Tim and Spencer. I love, I love Mark. I, you know, um, but but then we got to show it. You know, we have to show yeah. it. It's it's about our actions. James two, of course, very famously, you know, you show me your faith without works. How, how are you going to do it? It's it's about it's about the affection and the action working together to put together this perfect picture of love. And that's that's what God did for us, and that's what we ought to be doing for each other. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, you know, when we think about Jesus's love for us, uh, and and I mentioned earlier the sacrifice there on the cross. Uh, how much God chose to, to love us to allow that to happen uh, and to really have it threaded from the very beginning of, of time, uh, that scheme of redemption. But uh, Jesus there as he hung on the cross and as they spat on him and, and mocked him and reviled him and, and said all sorts of things about, you know, basically daring him, saying he saved others himself he cannot save. In the middle of all that, to have this love for the, even the people right there in front of him to say, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Uh, to, to be able to to make that statement while nailed to a tree and yes. and having the crown of thorns in his back just raw, um, you know, it, it's one thing for me to, and, and I think we get caught up in that when we talk about a pandemic and, and things like that, that um, I have my feelings and if you violate any of those feelings that I'm going to quit loving you all of a sudden yeah. and because you hurt my feelings and yet Jesus could be in the middle of dying and say, Father, forgive them. Uh, I think we get this so confused of what Christian love looks like Amen. and in really living it and showing it in the practical way of my life is forever altered when I understand what Jesus did for me. Amen. And, and so it changes us because of this. We know what love is because of who God is. And without that relationship, it's difficult for us to really comprehend. You know, we might be able to define love. Uh, and as Jeremy mentioned, we define love by its actions uh, of how we see it uh, being portrayed. And, and God gives us that perfect example. Um, but you know, the, the challenge for us to make sure that we're loving one another to the depth of yeah. what God has called us to uh, is really, really difficult. Um, and we're going to get into more in the, the second session on, um, you know, like loving your enemies and those type of things. But but if we don't even love the brethren, how can we love our enemy? Amen. Uh, and so uh, it, it's really a challenge for us. Um, but uh, um Spencer or Tim, do you guys have any other thoughts on uh, on this topic before we uh, bring this lesson to a close? I think we've about wrapped it up for me. <laughs> Jeremy, you want to uh, close us out on any thoughts here? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I just there's nothing more important that we can talk that we can talk about than this. And you yeah. know, uh, I know we've sort of shared a number of different things, but we've got to figure this out. Uh, th this is. Uh, so important it's directly commanded from the creator of the universe for Amen. us to learn to love each other and so um what, what i've got to figure out is how to put me aside so that i can love other people and uh, and it's and man 
it, it is a challenge, but it, but it's a command, and it's a, a command that will be worth following when we're able to love each other for eternity. Very true. Yeah. Uh, Spencer, you want to close us out in prayer? I will. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day that you blessed us with. And Lord, we thank you for, I thank you for my brothers in Christ here today. And I thank you that we can love one another and that we can show this love to one another through not only the things that we say, but like we've talked about, we can show it through our actions, Lord. And let us continue to do that and, and be it those who are listening today, Lord, and, and um, let them continue to lead the lives um, that are pleasing to you. And let us do the same. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We ask that you like, share, and subscribe. And if you have topic suggestions for us, please contact us. You can find out more about us at the org. Also, this is available in video on our YouTube page, our Facebook page, and on Instagram. You also can listen to the uh, podcast version, just the audio in iTunes, on the Play Store, and at Anchor FM and several other podcast apps. Thank you for tuning in.